0: Hello, and welcome to this special edition of the IABC podcast. Edelman are marking the 19th year of the Edelman Trust Barometer, and Ev Laurier, General Manager of Edelman Montreal, is here to talk to us about the world's largest survey on trust. And and firstly, Ev, welcome to the podcast. And secondly, how large is this study?
1: So hi, it's very nice to speak to you, and especially um, when we're launching trust. So for us at Edelman Trust and the Trust Barometer is, is so important, it's key to everything we do. We, as you said, we've been doing it for 19 years and it's massive. So it's uh, 33,000 people worldwide. When I say worldwide, it's 27 different countries. Uh, and it's been going on for 19 years and typically is getting presented at Davos at the World Economic Forum. Uh, and then every single t- country gets the data, and then we do a roadshow per country. So it's uh, it's global, and then it goes local.
0: What is the overall purpose of the Trust Barometer, and how has it helped organizations build trust with their stakeholders?
1: Well, I would say that uh, Richard Edelman, who's the uh, owner and the son of the founder of Edelman, keeps on saying uh, insights over uh, intuition, and insights means you need data. You can't just go on intuition and A lot of people uh, try to do comms, communications, marketing, strategy of communications, going on gut feeling, uh, and we didn't want to do that. And we really feel like to be able to know if your stakeholder is going to listen or engage with what you say, you have to know what the context is and if they trust you or who do they trust and where do they get their information, then you can really start building a communications plan that's going to be uh, based on insights.
0: Obviously, over that period of time, we've changed in how we use communication tools, how social media has revolutionized the communications world and, and people's lives. Is there anything different now about how you developed the report, measurement, how you've, uh, questions that you've included in the survey itself?
1: Yeah, because we've been seeing trends. So I would say that over the past five years, it's really been, or maybe a little bit more, it's really been about the impact of social media and people being able to talk to one another and get information from one another instead of waiting to get the information from the four pillars of the system. May they be government, media, uh, not governmental um, organizations or businesses. So before we, it was really top down and us, everybody was, we were getting the info from them. But in the past year, we've been able to send each other information, engage with each other information. And what we've seen in the past years is that people have turned their backs towards the system and we were going towards, we trust each other a lot more than whatever they say. So that's really changed the report. And then over the past 19 years also, it used to be, I think, five countries. Then it went to 27 countries, it was 1,500 people, it went to 33,000 people. Uh, and we started measuring two types of population, the mass population and the informed public. So the informed public, I would say, are the people that are part of the system. So the elites, people, like most people that are listening to your podcast right now, in fact.
0: I'm intrigued. Is there a pattern that we're going back to effectively, whilst it's digital, word of mouth?
1: Yes, I think, well, in fact, what we were say, seeing in the past year is that social media was gaining uh, over the institutions, but social media, uh, we, we all got burned collectively with fake news and social media got blamed a lot for that. At the beginning, it was traditional media, journalists, uh, media institutions, but then social media started being uh, the focus of our worries. And so what we saw last year is people were going back and re-engaging with journalists, media, um, and more trustworthy sources of information. So it doesn't mean that social media is dying, but it just means that in terms of trusting the information that we see there, uh, maybe a little bit less, which is a good news, I think.
0: <laughs> just on that, the 16-point gap between informed public and the skeptical public that difference what are the implications of those two what they become separate audiences surely
1: exactly so you're you're answering the question because that it is that's exactly what it is it's when you know whether it's a ceo that wants to communicate to all of his stakeholders or her stakeholders she's got to think about well, wait a minute, there are two types of population and they're going to respond very differently to the type of information that I give them and the channels of distribution that I'm going to, you know, put the information in. So it's a a very, very polarized uh, audience right now. That's a major issue. It's a major issue for media outlets, everybody, and especially governments and businesses.
0: There is this divergence in trust. But despite that, is there, is there a pull for people to come together and really focus on truth? Or, or are people falling into two camps because of their agendas?
1: I think, you know, if we get into the whole debate about algorithms, so how people are getting news, uh, that's still very polarized. So Facebook, Google, if that's where you're getting your news from, because of the algorithm, whatever you're searching for, you're going to get more of that kind of information. So you're going to stay quite polarized. So that's the bad news, but the good news is collectively, the mass and informed public, all of us, really want social social change. Most of us have understood that things have got to change and the very good news for the businesses, and that's what, you know, that's my biggest passion is to say to the organizations and CEOs, it's your time to shine because people are looking at you. People don't think government can act fast enough to solve the problems that we have in society. They trust media, but that's not their job, right? Media is not going to solve. Media is there to give information. NGOs used to be where we would turn to say, well, that's what they're there for. But again, now we're seeing a, a decline in trust or a softening. It's not as high as it used to be. That's a trend. So what's left? Employers. So really, that is what I think the biggest thing about the survey in 2019, and it's very positive is speak to your employees as, and and businesses have to do something in their communities because people are expecting you to do more.
0: So what was the percentage of people that trust their employers? And what do you think led to that?
1: Uh, I don't have all the details of the survey in front of me, but it's in the mid 70%. So that's, that's huge. So what's led to that is, is a little bit like what I was saying. Uh, people were looking at governments to, you know, work, uh, do something about the environment, do something about pay inequality, do something about, you know, cyber attacks, regulate, but governments are slow. It's normal. They're huge organizations and there's, everybody has an employer, right? People are working. So I think, but, but there's a danger there. Like businesses have to act have to start getting out of their swim lanes, really go out there and say, I'm not just going to talk to you about my products and services. I'm going to talk to you about what we care about and what we feel we can do to help our communities and society. So let's hope that they listen to the call of action and they do something because expectations are, I think they're in the mid 75. If everybody's trusting you, it's a very good thing, but it also sets the bar (laughs) really high.
0: I find that really interesting. What else can you tell me about the findings of the report? Anything that jumped out at you or things that really affect how you plan for the future or how we should all plan for the future?
1: Yeah, I think that the place where I went, what? What's happening? Which is a good news is that when we were presenting the data over the past years, we were seeing a steady decline in how people were engaging with news. So people were no longer reading news. They were looking at social media, but they weren't engaging with the news. They weren't reading it consuming it and most importantly they weren't amplifying it so they weren't sharing when i say news i mean traditional media outlets Uh, and we've seen a 22 point increase in engagement with news so that's phenomenal because we need facts and i'm not saying that every single media outlet or every single journalist on this planet uh, is always going to be trustworthy and get the best facts but That's the first place that we should go to because most of them are, and they are bound to strict ethics. And so that's great. So that world people are now saying, okay, I'm going back, I'm re-engaging with the news. Uh, So it's a 22 point increase. And then they're also amplifying it, which is good because if we want to stop fake news, when we have real news and people are still looking at news on social media, we need people to start sharing the real news.
0: The trust in professional journalism has to be surely from that increasing.
1: Yes, I think two years ago, it was fake news. Like two years ago, it was crisis in media. So we didn't trust media anymore. We didn't trust the journalist, him or her. And we also didn't trust the outlet, the business, the media outlet. Then last year, we said, we still don't really trust the media outlet because they're part of the system. They're out there to make revenues and money and blah, blah, blah. But we trust the person, the journalist, their ethics. And then this year, we're kind of saying well we're connecting both again together and and we're we're trusting them again so that's fantastic uh and that's a, but again that's a very uh the bar is getting higher for media but they have to be conscious of that because now the the bar's been set higher
0: one of the great things about IABC that I truly love is how you can take information from numerous sources and really formulate a plan and look forward. How would you say that communications professionals uh, across, the, across the world can use information such as this to make their organization more successful? And, and maybe not necessarily just the communications department, but the whole organization.
1: From a personal point of view, I think it's time for communications marketing. I've been in this industry for let's say 25 years. So since I've graduated university and it's been hard to show that communications, I'll leave marketing out of it, but really pure communication is a strategic asset for an organization. When you look at a board, often there's nobody from the communications world, right? There's people like there's accountants, there's finance people, there's governance, there's lawyers but there's rarely communications. We rarely talk reputation. Uh, we really see the CEO as a person that has a communications role. That's not their role. That's completely changed. And I think with the data of the trust, and again, it's a 19-year trust So survey. So this data is, has shown over time that communications is important. It, the reputation of a business has a dollar aspect to it. And the board, the executives, and the CEO have got to see communications marketing as a strategic asset for them and start paying attention. And, yeah, there's a pressure on them now. And it's good for all of us listening because we have a role to play. We've been waiting for this moment. So hopefully now we get to the table and we get to help the big organizations and the smaller ones connect with audiences and understand their true role.
0: Eva, I wonder if you could tell us where could people get their hands on this report right now?
1: It's the global report is on edelman.com. So on the website, and there's a huge section with executive summaries, the full deck, Richard's uh, opening letter, Richard Edelman. So all the information is there. I would also say check out Richard Edelman on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, He's at Davos right now, so there's lots of content coming from from there. So there's the report and then there's the editorial take on the report. uh, And I would say follow Richard Edelman on LinkedIn.
0: Ev, I'd like to say a very big thank you for joining us on this special edition of the IABC podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Music used in this episode is from Joachim Karud, And thanks to the panel of producers and the IABC head office team for helping create this episode.